Hey there, welcome to Real Marketing, where we look at real world marketing tactics, measurement, and tips that will help you get more from your marketing programs. I'm Roy Bielowitz from apothecamarketing.com, and with me today is Kat Flores, marketing manager here at Apotheca. And we'll be talking about Google reviews, how to deal with awful reviews, and how to generate more positive reviews. Kat, thanks for joining. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. So I know that you deal with reviews on a daily basis. We do have quite a few multi-family clients who tend to get just awful reviews. Give me, give me some insight into, you know, some of the bad reviews you're getting, like how, what is the percentage of just awful Google reviews you get? Yeah, I would say, unfortunately, the majority are negative reviews. You know, a lot of the times when people have a really negative experience or just aren't happy with the outcome, they just go straight to Google, Yelp, Facebook to, you know, complain and vent about their problems. And a lot of the times these reviews can be prevented if, you know, uh, on-site staff just took one extra step and saying, you know, we're sorry we couldn't figure something out, or if there's any other questions, concerns you have, please let us know right now. And a lot of the times, it's just people really wanting to vent and get it off their chest, which that can be also done in person or with a phone call, anything like that, and then they won't ever have to go online. Right. Like some of the things they're complaining about sometimes is the cost of an apartment or that they didn't get approved or that type of thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So with the cost and approval, sometimes that's just out of our hands. It's out of the property's control. So in cases like that, we just have to be clear about what the process is, what the requirements are. And, you know, if there is some misunderstanding from the property side, we'll definitely own up to that and say it was our misunderstanding. Of course, there are reviews where it's maintenance issues or right. just bad communication issues. And again, we try to fix that and resolve any issues as soon as we can from the property side. What are what are some of the most outrageous reviews you've seen so far? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I think... Wasn't there one with a shooting? Yes. There's, yeah. 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 So, so I, not really in the control of the property. <laughs> yeah, I do feel the ones that are crime related or anything like that are, you know, obviously it's sad there's crime in the area, but it's just unfortunate that the property is in that area and they expect right. the property managers to prevent crime from happening, prevent cars from being broken into or prevent shootings to happen in the vicinity of the area and it's like well there's only so much we as the staff on property on site can do we can take preventative measures like hiring security uh, tracking who comes in and out so like a gate um, all of those things putting in security cameras to just monitor the best they can but ultimately it's that's something that's out of their control. But to sure. answer your question, one of the most outrageous ones is someone complaining recently about rats in the apartment and sent a video. And the video was from his window where he had to zoom in out into the street um, because there was a rat like completely outside of the property. And sure, he, sure. He was complaining that there was rats in his apartment. So yeah, that was pretty outrageous to me. And of course we have the typical, you know, they were, you know, completely ridiculous or they can come up mm -hmm. with some kind of lie. My favorite one to see is when they say 
they, you know, blatantly rejected me. They made me pay. Right. And when we go back to the property, it's already been handled. That person is just mad because they didn't get approved to move in um, for whatever reason. Maybe they have some background issues. Maybe they don't make the income requirements, whatever it is. They just didn't get approved and they're just mad about it. So I always find those entertaining when I get back with the property and ask them, hey, what's going on here? And they tell me, yeah, well, this and this and this. They're just mad. What um, I, I know a lot of, particularly in, in multifamily, a lot of the properties have very similar names, right? So what happens, whether it's in that industry or even in another industry where people are leaving a review for the wrong business? Like what are what is your recourse there and what, what do you generally do? Yeah. So for those, our process is definitely try and figure out if this is for the actual property. Um, so we try to look in the system, is their name popping up? Does anybody remember their name? If there's no, absolutely no record or nobody remembers a situation that they're, you know, telling us about in the review, then, or if they mention specifically, like you said, a different property name or business name, then in that case, we, um, we reply and say, hey, we think you might have reached the wrong property. This is, you know, property name. Uh, we'll be happy to help you out if you need anything or if you're looking for a future home. Um, right. Something like that, acknowledging it and then kind of putting a reminder maybe a month later just to ping it so that way it doesn't stay on our rating, even if it is positive or negative, because it isn't related to the property itself. Right. And it, it, do you have recourse? To- you can submit that to Google and for a Google review, right? The, if yes. it's not applicable, they can take it down. Yeah, yeah. So Google, I'm pretty sure most people know Google offers the flag or report the review. So you can report a review for the wrong business, foul language. So, you know, right. if someone is using really strong language or really offensive language, even um, such as curse words or just being derogatory terms, anything like that, you can go ahead and flag it. There's also if maybe you have an upset employee um, that just Mm -hmm. decided to Mm -hmm. leave a bad review, you can also do that as a conflict of interest because obviously if they were let go or something happened, there's bad blood there. So Google does give you that option and a few other options as well. So it's definitely good to always keep that in mind, especially with the really bad reviews that might not be 100% truthful. And you touched on it a little bit and you talked about responding to those negative reviews. I think it's your approach really to respond to all reviews, right? But particularly for the negative ones, what's your process for that? So for the negative ones, um, reading the reviews, understanding what, number one, what is the main issue? So is it just they're wanting to complain, as I mentioned before? Is it an actual maintenance issue that we can fix? Is it an issue with communication or just figuring out what the main issue is? And then the next step would be is getting that background information from the on-site team. They know they probably dealt with it personally, whether it's in person, on the phone, via email, they know what's going on. So reaching out to them, telling them, hey, we have this upset customer or upset prospect, resident, what's going on, what happened? And if they tell me, yes, this and this happened, then I'll take it back, look at the review and draft up the reply based on whatever they say. So for example, if it's a really bad maintenance review saying something like, my AC has been broken 
for the past three weeks. I submitted a work order. No one's come out. No one's emailed. I'm dying of heat. That's clearly, right. obviously, something that I know. Got to let them know. Hey, guys, can we get this resolved, fixed, whatever it is that you need to do, get it done completely as soon as you can. And then we let the reviewer know, hey, you know, thanks for bringing this to our attention. We'll get a team out to today. So then that way they know, okay, it's getting resolved. So that one's checked, done. If it's just about communication issues, maybe someone hasn't been able to contact the property, the phone calls aren't getting answered, the emails aren't getting answered, they just can't get through, then for that one, we'll let them, we'll let the property site staff know, hey, is your phone working? How stable is your internet connection, your phone connection? Because obviously there's so many things going on on site that I personally don't know, but they know. So we want to make sure to get right. all the entire picture. Um, so if there is something like that going on, we definitely go ahead and say it in the review reply. So we apologize about this. We've been having phone issues, but feel free to contact us via email at, you know, and we either provide the property manager email or just the property email address. So then that way there's another way to email or contact the property. Right. Right. And those, and those responses show that you're, you know, not just ignoring the problems and that you're actively engaged with trying to make things better. So even if you are getting those negative reviews, they can see that the company and the community is involved. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the main things that helps everyone with negative reviews is just replying and making, you know, an upset reviewer be Right. feel seen, feel heard, and feel like their issue is being taken seriously, no matter how small it is. Even if, like I mentioned earlier, even if they just want to vent, that helps everybody just like letting it all out. So I do think that's one of the biggest things a property or any business can do is just reply to all the reviews, whether it's positive, neutral, or negative. Right. And we've seen cases where even somebody has a vendetta and they'll go and create multiple accounts and leave multiple mm -hmm. reviews or to even try to rope in their family and friends into leaving these reviews. What's a good approach? Like, what have we done for that to, to kind of mitigate that? Yeah. So we have had instances like that and it is tough. It's tough because, um, you know, specifically on Facebook, uh, Google, just use that flag report tool, mm -hmm. you know, and just give that, that explanation. On Facebook, it is a little bit more difficult since it's recommendations and it takes a little bit longer and it's not as direct as Google, but most of the time for those, it's just having to reply regardless. And we have to do it in a way that's delicate yet assertive, but not rude. Um, right. So for example, if, you know, there's someone, a resident who let's say got evicted, they're very upset about that, but let's say they've had months of back payments yeah. pre-pandemic, for example, months of not paying, they've let the apartment go and they're just upset because they got evicted. Right. So gets their family, their friends to just do all of these negative reviews. So in that case, the review would just be standard saying, we apologize for the experience you had, but unfortunately we do have to take certain measures in certain situations. It's our understanding that our onsite staff has handled and spoken with you about this, but 
If you would like more clarification or have any other questions, we'll be happy to further assist you. Something around right. those lines, um, just so that, again, it's not just replying to that specific reviewer, but it's also showing everybody else that, okay, we're doing the best that we can. And with that reply, it's assertive enough to say there's not much else we can do, but obviously we don't want to air out dirty laundry. We're not going to say you got evicted for not paying months right. of rent. Right. <laughs> we're not going to yeah. do that. Deadbeat. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to say you don't have a job, so you can't pay, so you can't live here. Um, right. No. But however, we do want to show that there is two sides to the story. And as a business, as a property, like we've done everything that we can. Right. So let's talk a little bit about positive reviews and how we can get them. I, I know that you can encourage people that might have a positive feelings to leave a review, but you can't explicitly ask for a positive review, correct? Yes, you cannot. That is um, against just google guidelines i believe and i'm not sure facebook but it's just frowned upon um our little loophole you could say to that is just ask for reviews when you see someone happy when you know if they've had a positive interaction and they're leaving with a smile on their face just bring it up be like hey if you had a good time if you had a good tour like please feel free to rate us on google or share your experience with us on google um right yeah. And proactively do that, like in uh, email signatures and even follow up emails and that type of thing, correct? Yes. There's a lot of ways that you can hint at it uh, and with your email signature as well. Even if someone, a prospect, for example, didn't decide to make your property their future home, but if they still had a really good interaction with the managers, with the staff, with the touring, everything, then you can still ask for a review because you know they had a good experience and via email be like, best of luck in your new home. You know, we were happy to help you. Feel free to just, you know, leave us a review on Google and then just link, put in that Google link review right there. I think that even if you ask for positive reviews, it also goes against FCC guidelines and you can actually be fined for that. I know there's a, this is probably a topic for its own conversation, but there's that idea of, of review gatekeeping where you're actively only seeking out the positive reviews and kind of ignoring people that might be leave a positive one or a negative one rather that if that is an actual process that you can get in trouble for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why one of the things is not asking directly for a positive review, just, right. you know, asking for a review. Anyone can ask for a review, really. But in the case of if someone is upset or someone isn't happy living with a smile, the goal would be to just try to figure and resolve that issue, like at that moment. So right. then that way it can turn into a positive experience because if, it, if someone is leaving without all the information that they wanted and maybe the staff is really busy, a solution to that would be, hey, sorry, we don't have a lot of people on site today, but please give me a call in an hour or two and I'll be happy to continue talking about any questions, right. concerns you might have, set up a tour for you. And then instead of that prospect leaving a little, um, empty handed, they feel like, okay, well, they're busy right now. I get it. They're giving that second option to kind of for another chance. Right. For sure. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I think we all know intuitively that reviews 
seem important, but specifically, like, why is it important to have positive reviews, especially on your Google listings? Yeah, well, I think it's just all about brand reputation and reviews. They not only make you look good, it's um, about reputation and transparency. Like you said, if we're only asking for positive reviews, then it's going to look a little weird. But if you have a mix of positive and negative, then you can see, okay, there's obviously some pain points. There's obviously some issues, but the property replying, it's showing they're responsible, they care about their VEX residents, and they're actually providing some kind of solution to these issues that are being brought up. Right, right. Yeah, I think that people are, are pretty aware now, especially because we see reviews all the time, right? Like on Amazon and stuff like that. When, when there's only positive reviews and not a single negative review, it just doesn't look real. Mm -hmm. it, it makes you kind of question. I know that um, those positive reviews too on Google can actually impact your rankings. So especially in the map pack where, you know, you're looking for local businesses, if you have more positive reviews, they will actually, as part of the algorithm, they'll actually rank you higher than your competitors because you have one more volume of them and a more positive reviews that's going to impact how you so show up in search too. So that that's not only, I guess, the the brand perception, which is extremely important, but literally you're going to get more traffic that way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, with the reviews being such an important part, I think the other thing too is that historically uh, people depended on reviews for places like Yelp and, and you know, some of the apartment related websites, but Google's really taken the forefront of being like the first level of of searches now. I think we've seen that in the data from from our clients. Um, do, you, do you feel like some of those other review sources are kind of becoming less important and, and Google's becoming more and more important? I, I definitely feel that Google is becoming more and more important. Um, you know, the other sources like Yelp, even Bing, um, they're definitely less important than Google, but they're still important. They're still there um, because lots of people still use them. And sure. however, you know, tedious or, you know, whatever it is, it might seem you still need to have those updated replying to um, because a good example is for if you have senior properties, right? Um, mm -hmm. 67 year old grandma isn't going to download Chrome, isn't going to get Google Maps on her phone. She's going to use Apple Maps and Internet Explorer. So, so you kind of have to know your audience in terms of the listings. Same with Yelp. Uh, Yelp, it's pretty steady. Um, it's kind of what I've seen. It's high and low, high and low, I would say. Sometimes it's really great. Other times it's just silent, um, but it's still there. It's still being used. We still get messages and a lot of calls and directions. So I think even though Google is number one, all of these other little branches are still important and property does need to be aware of, you know, that they're there. Yeah. And I think that's a good point is even if people aren't necessarily actively going to Yelp or another um, kind of listing website, those results show up in Google. So yeah. when they search for them, they're still seeing those those listings and those results. So they might not be actively searching on Yelp, but when they're searching on Google, they're seeing those results. 
and some of those rankings. So I think that's a that's a good point. Um, what are some of the other you might have that we haven't talked about yet? Just maintaining and managing those reviews. Is it something that should they be doing it daily? Should it, is it something that they should just kind of look at occasionally? Like what? <laughs> Uh, definitely look at it daily. Definitely, uh, you know, if you haven't already, definitely set up a Google alert with your business or property name on it. So, you know, when it's something, especially with the news, so that way, and a good example for properties would be if there's a shooting near your city right. or your neighborhood, then you'll be aware, you know, we might get a few bad reviews about this. Um, or if your property name showed up on the news and you have no idea that at least you're aware of that, but definitely check those reviews daily. Um, and you want to reply to those within one to three days if possible. I know that's a little bit quick because obviously, um, on-site teams that properties, they're busy, they're always going, but you know, it's part of marketing and it's, you know, part of everything really, um, to just make sure that you're replying to those as soon as you can and getting all the correct information. And then just making sure that you're being transparent in the reviews. You never want mm -hmm. to uh, lie, obviously, <laughs> or say, oh, yep, yep, we did that, and then forget to do it or not do it at all. You definitely don't want to be rude. You definitely want to maintain professionalism throughout, even as, you know, even if you know there's an entire backstory of back and forth, whatever it is, like you have to maintain your professionalism at all times. Just uh, making sure you're replying to those reviews in a timely manner, because like I said, if it's not just for the reviewer themselves, it's for anybody right. else looking at your property or business. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit. It's also important that you maintain that professional voice and the voice of the property. Um, I know I've seen reviews that look like, um, uh, they've outsourced it for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and that the review, the way they're responding is, um, not necessarily the way somebody deeply involved with the property or with the business should be responding. That's not saying you shouldn't outsource that, but obviously there's a, gotta be a consistent voice to those reviews to make sure that it's professional and addressing the points and not just kind of brushing them off. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, because sometimes the voice can get a little rough, uh, when there's, you know, staff changes. Um, so you definitely want right. to make sure to always be clear about how we want to reply, even have template responses ready to go, whether it's in a shared spreadsheet. So that way, you know, you can easily reply to one star reviews, pause, easy, positive reviews, right. um, standard negative reviews about, you know, this place sucks. Um, right. <laughs> that one doesn't require us to get some background because, okay, we yeah. get it. I think yeah. this place sucks. So let's get more information on that, you know, by having you call us. Or if, you know, the property recognizes the name, then we'll give them a call. So, you know, it's not, it's not exactly a review, but it, it's, it's kind of in line with the, um, I know there's, issues sometimes too, where obviously users can upload their own photos to your Google business listing. Um, and sometimes those can be pretty bad. Like how, how have you addressed that in the past and what are some things that uh, a company can do to, to mitigate the impact of those? 
Yeah, that that's a toughie. That's a tough one um, because you know, especially when they come with negative reviews. Uh, so when it comes to positive reviews, it's it's great. You know, um, more pictures for us. But when it comes with a negative review that's very specific or that's just hard for us to see, then it gets right. a little bit more complicated. So an like example for this mold movie. and garbage yeah. and rats and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. An example for this is a review that I actually saw come through not that long ago about the dumpsters being overflowing lots of garbage bags you know there are concerns for rats cockroaches uh raccoons all of that very reasonable very understanding sure. you know, like sure. it can happen so um you know in that case we just replied with you know thank you so much for bringing this to our attention we weren't aware of this issue but we'll get it handled asap so that same day we sent out the maintenance team to just fix it up, put all the bags from the floor into the dumpster, close it, and then just making sure that there was signage, new signage around the um, the trash area. Please discard, please put all bags into the dumpster. Please don't leave bags on the floor. Again, like there's only so much we can do. Uh, and that's what we told them that we did. You know, we're gonna try to do more preventative measures. We're gonna try to do this. And, you know, if you have any suggestions or other questions, please feel free to reach out. For sure. Yeah. And I think like with the, with the negative reviews too, like with the pictures, the goal would be to try to push those down or to overwhelm them with positive, right? So you can post more positive images. You can try to get more positive reviews that will hopefully overwhelm the negative. Yep. Yep. And that would be the second part to that, how to handle it, like you just said. All right. Well, thanks for joining me today. And uh, we'll be doing more of these podcasts and videos in the future. And of course, you'll be seeing Kat hopefully in future ones as well. But I appreciate you joining me and uh, look forward to talking to you soon again. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Hey, be sure to subscribe to our podcast for more marketing tips and content. And head over to YouTube if you'd like to watch the video version of our podcast or see our marketing and analytics how-to and tips videos. Shoot comments or questions to info at apothecadigital.com.